0: Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Happy Happy Hour Day. We're in the middle of October, and. That may feel exciting to you, or it might feel scary, because we're getting closer to the end of the year. No matter what it is, you're going to love my conversation today with Faith Yuri Cho. She is the author of the book, Experiencing Friendship with God, How the Wilderness Draws Us to His Presence. In fact, you guys, her book just released yesterday. So as you listen to our conversation today, you might be thinking, I need more of this in my life. And if that is you, go check out her book. I also want to tell you, if you're a person who's thought to yourself, you know what, church just hasn't been working for me lately. She has some encouraging words just for you today. You guys, I want to take a minute just to thank you for being here today and thank you for listening. There are a lot of podcasts that you could be listening today. Believe me, I love listening to podcasts. I have my favorites. I have those that I catch up with every once in a while. And I just want to say thank you for being here. If you've been here for all 617 episodes, oh my gosh, I want to give you the biggest hug. If you just started this month, welcome. If you're just checking out today, I'm glad you're here. I want to say one of the best ways that you can help the happy hour reach more people is by leaving a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I recently read a review that says this. The title of the review was Worth the Listen. This person said, I love podcasts and I'm usually hesitant to start a new one because so many are just meh. The podcast caught my attention and kept me listening, excited to go back to previous episodes and for new releases. Thank you so much for that five-star review, and I would love it if you would take the time to do that as well. It doesn't just make me feel good when you leave these. It actually helps people find the show. And I say all the time, we have the best guests on this podcast. We have the best conversations, and we have the best listeners. And so I would love for you to share it with your friends. Friends, thanks for being here. I know you're going to love this conversation. Here is Faith talking all about experiencing friendship with God through His presence. Faith, welcome to The Happy Hour.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: This is great. This is your first time on The Happy Hour, which is exciting. (laughs)
1: Yes, it really
0: is. It's episode number 617. So there have been a lot... Hmm interviews over here at the Happy Hour, and I'm really glad Mm -hmm. to have you. Now, you and I met this past spring for a hot Mm -hmm. minute,
1: uh, but I wanted you to introduce yourself to my listeners. Yes. My name is Faith Yuri Cho. I'm a mama of four and two dogs. I'm a pastor, uh, pastor's wife. Um, We church planted in Northern New Jersey, and we uh, co-pastor Mosaic Covenant Church. Um, Let's see. I'm also the CEO and founder of The Honor Summit, where we equip and activate Asian American women. And yeah, author, speaker, all the good things. You're doing all of the things. <laughs> all the things. Yeah, it's busy. It's busy. It's a little it's bit. It's busy. busy. We have a lot
0: in common and some things that are yeah. drastically different. I, I also have four children. Mm-hmm. And we were talking before, we we're recording this on the day that all of my kids are back in school today. So yeah. we took my oldest to college yesterday, which was oh a big gosh. thing. Okay. Huge. And then my other three, today's our first day of school. So I I literally feel like like I could conquer the world today. Like I could conquer the world. I sent a text out to a bunch of friends and I'm like, I can do anything today. What do you need from me? I can do it all. Yeah. (laughs) So I understand the mama to four thing for sure. Yeah, Uh, It's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're a little ahead of me. And so I can't wait to feel that way. I think I feel the opposite. Like, Oh my gosh, because my minds are still they're very little. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna need so much. We're gonna have to wake up so early. Um, lunch packed every day. So we're it's a different it's a different stage, but Listen, equally as I'm gonna exciting. tell
0: you, I'm the mom that last night, the night before mm-hmm. the first day of school, my husband Aaron made steaks for us. Like we like had a great big meal to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And then my kids were like, So what should we pack at our lunches? And I'm like, ah! Okay, so about that, (laughs) like I'm going (laughs) to go to the grocery store later this week, but here's some money, so I'm running a little bit behind as well. Uh, Faith, I'm so glad you're here, Um, Mm. and I want to talk about your book that just released Into Mm. the World yesterday, Experiencing Friendship with God, How the Wilderness Draws Us into His Presence. Mm. And um, when I saw this book that you were working on this and it was coming out, I thought, I will never get old. Like, it will never get old to me talking about how, to use your subtitle, the wilderness draws us into his presence. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's my age. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the day we live in. Mm -hmm. I don't know because I think (laughs) that everyone in every generation has felt this way. Yeah. But Faith, I see more wilderness than I have mm. in a long time. And so I want mm. you to just talk to us. Why this book?
1: Why now? Why the wilderness? Mm. All the things. Yes. I mean, no one enjoys the wilderness. I know I haven't. When people ask me, well, what, what was your wilderness like? My answer is oftentimes, well, which one? Right. <laughs> right. Like which wilderness, <laughs> which which season? Um. But I would say I feel like a lot of the Christian conversation these days is about how to break through how to get to the promised land, how mm-hmm. to um get to your dream, how to get to the other side how to um how to just make it when when I re- read through scripture, I realized, wait, but a lot of the most beautiful magnificent stories that we talk about in the Bible were actually in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. The manna, the the pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud, the, the glory, that was all in the wilderness. And so much happened in the wilderness. And this is not to say that we belong in the wilderness. There's absolutely no wilderness season that is forever. Only the presence of God is forever. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes we miss the point the purpose of the wilderness was never to get to the promised land the purpose of the wilderness was to befriend the presence of god and i think oftentimes when we're just thinking about just making it through heal me god um answer this prayer god get you know m- make this breakthrough god i think sometimes we just miss the beauty and the purpose of that season mm, it is so true that we can do that and you know i can look back Uh, faith
0: and think of some of my wilderness seasons. And I've said often, I would never want to go through them again, but they taught me so much that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. So Mm -hmm. I want you to take us back. You told me that this book has been in the making for 20 years, and that is a long time. So (laughs) I would love for you to tell me, why has it been in the making in your own personal life for 20 years? What was going on 20 years ago that started you on this journey?
1: Well, twenty years ago I was at a youth camp and um it's it's funny because it was called like a vision camp. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was telling kids like God will give you visions and so on and so forth. And I mean I just went just to go. I went for a good time. Um, but I remember I in prayer I was I just received this image. Uh, and I didn't even know it was a vision, you know, cause I was so young at that time, but it was just, I just saw in the image of my mind, all these books. And I just felt this impression in my heart from the Lord, like you're going to be writing books. But back then, I mean, being a young Asian American girl, um, uh, just, and, and, not even that. I didn't really come from a Christian home Mm -hmm. either. My, uh, discovery of the Lord was completely just between me and God. I never went to church. My parents were not Christian. Wow. It was just a pursuit of the Lord. And so for him to be like, you're going to do this thing. Um, that was wild to me. It really Mm -hmm. was my very first, um, Church experience was Willow Creek, and so I grew up with um, hearing about these books like *Case for Christ* by Lee Strobel, uh, *The Purpose-Driven Life* by Rick Warren. So the the idea of someone like me writing a book mm. that was so wild, and but that twenty year journey was just simply just me in the presence of God. So when people um, are asking me these days about what's the formula. Like, what's the formula to be a speaker? What's the formula to being a female leader, being an author? I'm like, I don't have one. Like, my my only thing was I just walked in friendship with God Mm -hmm. and I just followed him. Mm -hmm. I, I really did. And that's truly my only formula. And so... Um, walking through these seasons where it was just me and the Lord and Him bringing me to the right places, connecting me to the right people, even just me meeting you in the spring. You know, th- those moments that was just truly, um, birth from friendship. Yeah. And in this day and age, when everybody wants a formula to get out of, um, terrible seasons, a formula to level up, to get to that next level of life, um, I think it's, it's important to get back to the timeless truth Mm -hmm. that really we were just built for a friendship with the presence of God. Okay, you talk about this friendship with the presence of
0: God, and I want you to dive into that. So Mm -hmm. I'm just imagining a listener going, okay, Faith, okay, Jamie, presence with God, I can't see him, I can't like, where is he? What does that mean? So what is the most, go back to the most practical things. What do you mean when you say, Literally Mm. just being with the presence of God, because I think that can feel scary to some people. It can feel intimidating, all the things, but it's what friendship is. So expand on what that looks like to be in the presence of
1: God. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget that Christianity is about a person. I mean, mm-hmm. that person being God. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, I think sometimes we make it really about information or our political position or, um, or it's just like our inspiration for the day, but actually it's really about a person. And when we are not making about that friendship, then we miss out on the gift of the gospel entirely. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think when it comes down to the basics, I mean, when at the moment of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit remains with us always. Mm. And that in itself is a miracle. The fact that the Holy Spirit can be grieved, can be quenched, and yet it never says that he just leaves when it's too hard. Mm. And so oftentimes we have this gift of his presence, but we have no awareness. It's like The way I like to describe it is this. Once my husband got me a guitar and for the, I don't know, like the 10 years that I've had this guitar, I've just learned to play like three chords on it. Uh Um, And I like to say I have a guitar, but I don't access this guitar. Mm -hmm. And the same is like having the presence of God. Yes, you are a Christian. And whether you go to church once a year or every day, Mm -hmm. You have the presence of God, but do you access it? Do you access that friendship? Are you engaged with him? Are you aware of him? Mm -hmm. And that's where the concept of practicing the presence of God happens. And that's a concept that was made popular by Brother Lawrence um, from the book, The Practice of the Presence of God. And I remember I first picked it up um, when I was at a stage in my Christian walk where I was like, I want more. Like I, and I, I just don't, I feel very disconnected. I, I want more. So I would just scour through the, the bookstores and it was like the sliver of a book. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, it's short and it looks <laughs> simple. And I remember, um, reading it and just, it felt like watching someone enjoy the best meal ever mm. and I'm just watching. Like, you know, when you're watching the Food Network and they're like, this is the best. And you're like, that's great. (laughs) Uh (laughs) That that must be nice for you, happy for you. Um, But I didn't know how I could access it myself. And I'm not a Carmelite monk. I'm like, like, I don't live in that time. What does that mean for the modern day believer that has this complicated life? There were no notifications on phones Mm -hmm. for Brother Lawrence. Like, what Mm -hmm. does that mean for me? And how can I get, the real thing and enjoy the gift of the gospel today. Mm. And so, um yeah, that's just that's why it's uh it's important. That's why um it's a lifelong journey that I myself have gone through.
0: I love it so much. One of the things that caught me from the very beginning of the book, you said mm. this, Good works, noble character, and wisdom are meant to be the result of our intimacy with His presence. They aren't the way to achieve that intimacy. Mm -hmm. Before living to be good or to do good, we must live to know Him. And that caught my attention because as someone who's been following Jesus for over two decades, the tendency or the trap Mm -hmm. that I could find myself in is if I'm just doing the right things, if I'm being good, I don't have any of these major sins in my life, then I'm with God but mm. I'm I'm trying to use those things to be with him instead of being yeah. with him to get those things. So yes. let's talk about that for a second. How does that play out with a lot of Christian women these days of trying mm. to be something for God instead of being with God to be something?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think sometimes we just miss his presence mm. because we settle for substitutes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, more than ever before, there are, Christian resources that are accessible to all of us. So I think sometimes we feel as though, oh, I went to this conference and I read this book. I listened to this podcast. Therefore, I am a great Christian yeah. because I am inspired and I am pumped. Mm-hmm. But never in that journey did was there ever a conversation with God. Was there even space to hear from God? There was never a moment to sit with God. And we just have this noisy, busy Christianity mm. that's empty of intimacy. And you then said, when I we- want to stop right there. You said <laughs> this noisy,
0: busy Christianity that is empty of God. Yes. Yeah, and, and and I'm prone to that. Like, and I yeah, like have a yeah.
1: faith-based podcast, and my husband's a pastor, and I love yes. Jesus. Yes, absolutely. And then we wonder, man, why did I burn out? Mm. And we wonder, where's that vitality? Why do I feel underwhelmed by my walk with Jesus? And where's the real thing? And sometimes we feel like um we are just like oversold this God that isn't that great, mm. you know, um, and perhaps it's because we've settled with the substitutes. We've settled with his shadow instead of seeking his face. Mm. Um, because at the end of the day, if our lives with Jesus isn't filled with moments with him directly, then we're missing the point. Missing the we're missing point. the point. And even for me as a church planter, I mean, oh my goodness. Like I would do so much for him without him, you know, and I would try to become like him without him, you know, and we do all these things without him. And then we wonder, man, why is it hard? Mm -hmm. Why would I, why do I rather just scroll through Netflix and scroll on social media endlessly? Why is it that, um, my heart, doesn't desire God anymore. And that's because we have just um, substituted him, Mm. replaced him. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think that that
0: noise that we can hear and substitute is, is constant and that's a battle that we have to fight. Mm
1: -hmm. But I
0: want to switch a little bit. We started a little bit with this wilderness conversation and I don't know about you faith, but to me when I'm in the wilderness per se, whatever that might look like with suffering or hardship or whatever it is, to me, the noises around me get quieter. And, mm. and I just feel like in those moments, I want and need God so much yeah. that it's almost like I yearn for Him more. And I've had a lot mm. of people on the show who have said mm-hmm. in some of their hardest times, they felt the closest to the Lord. Yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and, and I can agree with that as well. So I'd love for you to talk about what does it look like for us? to really feel that God is enough in those wilderness seasons as we're walking through the hardships. You, you do that in your book when you recount yeah. Israel's journey and Paul's journey. Like, what does it look like for us to really feel that God is enough in the midst of those wilderness seasons?
1: Oh, absolutely. I remember some in some of my toughest times, like real trauma, toughest times, I'd have friends that'd be like, I'll pray for you. And I would get so mad, uh-huh. like. I, that's not enough for me, you know? Um, it's so interesting because pain reveals our theology. Mm. Uh, pain really reveals what we genuinely believe about the presence of God. And mm. um, it's so interesting because in the Bible, you see that the presence of God alone. Led and fed an entire nation for forty years, and yet for me, I'm like, it's not enough. It's it's not enough, right? Right? And so, pain reveals that pain reveals the the cracks in the foundation of our faith. But the gift of pain is that it ushers us into the deeper things mm-hmm. of God, where you know times of celebration and happiness and comfort um, cannot do. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in some of my um, toughest moments. Um, I felt like I was Jacob wrestling with the angel, like wrestling with God, right. Wrestling with God. Um, and I remember in those times, um, even though it was tough, what he was doing, he was revealing himself to me in those moments in the wilderness. It's easy to feel that you were abandoned by God. Actually, he's revealing himself Mm. and he's revealing um, the parts of him that you didn't believe in. And sometimes it does take that season of darkness to see him shine bright. And I remember, I mean, I start the book off with my story uh, when I was in the in the NICU with my son. Um, and I, man, that was when my theology and reality just really was just colliding. Um, because I'm like, wait, I believe that God is a healer. How come God's not healing? Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand like what's going on. God, if you're going to just do whatever you want, what's the point of praying? And it, when mm-hmm. our faith results to nothing in that moment where seemingly nothing, it's just so easy to feel like, well, then what is the point of faith? Mm-hmm. If you're not going to answer me, if you're not going to help me, what is the point? And that was what I was wrestling with. And I believe that's what so many Christians Are wrestling with. And that's why there's so much talk about deconstructing and leaving the church because we're like, wait, we believed, but then we were left with nothing. And Mm -hmm. we we feel so abandoned. I remember in those moments, um, the one particular that I address in the uh, start of my book, I remember when my son was in the NICU and I just had this moment with God where I'm like, forget it. I'm not going to pray. I don't even care anymore. Um, I remember feeling this nudge from God uh, give thanks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I literally said back to God, I'm not thankful for anything. Like, be thankful for what? Give thanks for what? Mm-hmm. My son is on a breathing machine. Um, and you can't even tell me I didn't pray for that kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what is the point? But I felt it again. Give thanks. And I remember. Um, I mean, up until that point, I thought giving thanks was just ignoring all your problems.
0: Mm.
1: I didn't realize that giving thanks was just choosing to fix your eyes on the fingerprints of God all over your life, you know? And so I remember the first five minutes, I was just an immature brat before God. Like, honestly, I was just like, like, oh, thank you for this day, thank you, <laughs> whatever, you know, yeah. Thank you, like, thank you for the weather, you know? But after 30 minutes, I remember my heart began to thaw because the more mm. you gaze at God in your times of pain, you will become more aware of God than your pain. Mm. Say it And again. that's why worshiping in your times of sorrow, in your times of loss, it's not just for God. It's mm-hmm. for you. Because as you gaze at him, the more you gaze at him, it's a mind, body, and soul that that becomes just more immersed in this awareness that he is with you, he is for you, he cares, and he is good, Mm. right? So I remember just after 40 minutes just starting to weep because I was just so deeply aware that Jesus was with me. Before the 40 minutes, I was just aware that my life sucked. <laughs> For lack of better words, I was just aware that things were really, really hard. Yeah. You know, that was just, that was where my awareness was. And whatever you are aware of, you will feel. Mm. You know, that will determine your experience. What your mind is aware of, your whole body will feel. That will determine your experience. But when he's asking you to give thanks, when he's asking you to worship, it's not saying ignore your problems. It's saying don't ignore God. Mm. You know, and be aware of him. And he wants you to be immersed with his presence. And I remember just weeping, feeling so much. Love in my heart in a such a in such a supernatural way that at the end, even though the nurses were still coming in to tell me that my son wasn't doing any better, I remember feeling this peace that was beyond all understanding. Mm. And I remember thinking, that's enough. Mm. You know, I remember feeling, and this was just a genuine conviction. That I could not have conjured up on my own, but I remember thinking, "It's enough," mm. and it is well. It is well with my soul. You know, um, I mean, later my son turned out all right. <laughs> like he's he's fine. He's doing great. He's thriving. Um, but yeah, that was um, that was that was definitely a moment for me when I was able to practice the presence of God in my own wilderness. <laughs>
0: you know, Faith, it makes me think there's this, there's like two sides of this coin that I hear you talking about. Sometimes people are like, you know what, if you just give it all over to God, he's not going to make you go through hardships. He's going to take all your pain away. Mm. He's going to relieve you from all of this. Yeah. Well, that sounds great, but (laughs) (laughs) we know that's not true. And then what you're Mm. saying is like, in that moment, I love your example of being in the NICU and having to find things that you're grateful for.
1: Mm. In that
0: moment, Nothing changed about your circumstances. Yeah. And I think that is the key for living in the presence of God. And I love how you said what you're aware of was what you, what you feel. Is that what you said, what you're aware mm-hmm. of? Because what you did was you didn't, God didn't miraculously heal your son in that moment. And we do mm-hmm. know that God can not do that. But he changed something in you because mm. of your change towards him. And I just think that is a beautiful concept for us to think about because I know that there's there are women listening to us right now our voices who are in their darkest days. Yeah. And it makes me sad with them and I feel their mm. pain. I hear their mm. pain when mm. they send me messages. Mm. And I just hope as you were talking I was like these women are going to feel so seen and so known and so loved because yes. of your words and because of the love mm. of the Father. So I, I, I'm i really grateful for this book mm. and this journey that you've been on. I want to uh, switch gears for just a second. Uh, when did
1: you and your husband plant your church? We planted, well, it's funny because the first weekend of our team meetings was the first weekend of lockdown. Okay. So that was fun. That was so great. You're not the
0: only one I've heard that. Like I've heard other people that are like, so we started a new church and we opened in March of 2020, you know? <laughs> and everyone's like, Wow. Um yeah. I, I, yeah. I wanna I wanna talk to you a little bit about that. Here we are, you know, towards the end of 2023 and Mm. I always think like man what a crazy thing we've all lived through and the way right. that it's affected us all has been mm-hmm. different in some ways and alike in a lot of ways um right. and and one of the things I'm interested to hearing from church leaders is as you've been leading your people and as you've been pastoring them through what we've been through in the last couple of years mm-hmm. I would love to hear two things from you as a pastor yeah. I mm-hmm. would love to hear man as you look back on these last 3 years what has been what has been really hard? Like maybe you didn't expect this, or what has been really hard? Mm. But I don't want to end there. I want you to also tell me, like in the last three years, we've all walked through such hardship. But where do you find hope? And you can tell me hope for your
1: local church—that's great. Or where mm. do you see hope for the body of believers as a whole? Yeah. Oh yes. Um, what has been hard in the past three years? I would say, um, I think it's the increased jadedness. Mm. I think 2020 and 2021, a lot of people felt like, wow, I realized church doesn't work for me. Mm. And um, now church has become optional um, because I think we like to feel, well, um, I'm saved. So so therefore, um, it's, it's fine. Um, I think because of the limitations of what the church was, and because we were not ready in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. there was, it exposed a lot of where we didn't have the vitality. We didn't have the life that we thought that we did. And so a lot of people got disappointed in the church um, and the limitations of it in 2020. So therefore, I feel like there's a lot of people that have just given up mm-hmm. on, um, on convening with the body of Christ. Yeah, I, think. I think where I have much hope is that more than ever before, people want the real thing. People want the real thing. People are hungrier for the presence of God than ever before. Mm. People are realizing, okay, all this is great, but it's not enough. I want the real thing. They want the real thing for the churches. They want the real thing for their families and for their lives. And so, I would say, preaching about the presence of God—if um, it was difficult at all in the past, uh, you know, before 2020, it's not as difficult now. That's good. Because news. the hunger level mm-hmm. is just so high where people are like, oh, wait, like that wasn't it. Does mm-hmm. me reading a Christian book like that wasn't it? Like there's more like God's actually with me and mm-hmm. wants to talk to me. I could hear from God, too. I um I could live like the book of Acts, too. Um, and so, yeah, that gives me a lot of hope. Mm, I love
0: that so much. And I hear that. Uh, from a lot of leaders, it's really, really true, mm-hmm. and I think that there are some themes kind of going around um, in our our country for sure, North America Christianity, but around the world too about that authenticity. And I yeah. see that a lot. Faith with their upcoming, you know, college kids and twenties, mm-hmm. they literally are yearning for authentic yeah. truth. Mm -hmm. And the thing that is so encouraging is that God's word is authentic truth. Like there is nothing that we can take away from that. That is not authentic truth. Um, And it's causing people in my generation, I'm 45 to be like, Oh, we need to be like, not so much like on our toes, but like, We don't have to sugarcoat this stuff. Like literally people just want to know the truth. It's so, so great. You say this, you say, if we live to know him, then even the wilderness of the soul cannot extinguish our faith. It is Mm -hmm. the answer to an increasingly burnout, deconstructing church that struggles to know the worth of Christianity. Living to know him is is going to combat that. I'm, I'm- I love it so much, so much. Um, mm. This book, Experiencing Friendship with God, How the Wilderness Draws Us to His Presence. Uh, it came out yesterday, you guys. I want you to pick it up. I want you to get it. No matter where you are in your season of life, um, it's, gonna, it's going to meet you right where you are. Faith, I want to know this. What are you reading these days? What are you loving?
1: Oh my gosh. I am knee deep in The Night is Normal by Alicia Britt I mean, I love Alicia and I feel like just small talk with her transforms my life. Right. So, um, And I'm getting through this one slowly. I've actually mm. been on it um, for a month, um, but it's just because every chapter is so rich. Uh-huh. Um, I'm like, two pages, let me put it down. I got to think about what she just said. So yeah, I am. I'm in that one. Love it. I love Alicia so much. Did you know that mm-hmm. she was an atheist before she started following? Jesus?
0: Yes, she, she's been on the Happy Hour a handful of times. In fact, I think she's been mm-hmm. on twice this year, which is crazy. Um, yeah. But this summer, she came on and shared her story of meeting Jesus in the back of a church, mm-hmm. uh, just feeling like He was calling her name, and He was. Yeah. Um, and she grew up atheist, and I just loved her story so much.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, she's so great. I mean, I think what um, I love about her, she makes, she talks about the presence of God in such an intelligent way. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we can make um, the topic of the presence of God like almost like a fairy tale, like it's mm. like a fluffy, like ethereal, like um, just random spirituality uh, that we can make it about. But Alicia, she really talks about the presence of God in such a almost in an academic, intelligent, very thought out way mm. that I feel like has been so helpful for me. So I love her writing. I love her writing. I love also small talk with her makes me love Jesus more, which is
0: great. <laughs> yes. um, but she is one when you speak of the presence of when you're, you know, your book will be talking about the presence of God. Yeah. She is one where I leave her presence and feel like I was with her and God at the same time. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing to yep. be said about someone. Um, okay. You told me that you watch Severance. Now, is this <laughs> love the Severance. show where they go in and give their brain, their mind up and like, yeah. okay, I can. I wish I would have known who else talked to me about this show, and they loved yeah. it. And I just yeah. never finished it. And
1: I, I need yeah. you to encourage
0: me as to why I need to go finish it.
1: It's just. I mean, I don't even know if I can because it ended on a cliffhanger. Oh. And right now, it's. I mean, season two was supposed to come out this year, but you know, because of all that's going uh-huh. on with yeah, that the strike feel, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's just not happening, and I'm like, no, <laughs> it's. We have to have season two, so it's. It's torture for me, but I would say I think it's genuinely been one of my favorite t- television seasons thus far. It's wow. so, yeah, it's just brilliant. It's um, just so much is in the detail where you, if you mm-hmm. watch it again, you're like, whoa, you know, Um, it's just um, even just visually, it's just stunning. So I don't, I mean... I don't know how much you love spoilers, so I'm not going to get don't into it. Don't spoil it. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, no. yeah. I think this was
0: my problem is I downloaded it onto my iPad and I would watch <laughs> it while traveling, but yeah. I would usually be doing something else at the same time. I really try to multitask when I watch TV and there's
1: some shows that you can and there's yeah. just some shows that you cannot. Like you need yeah. to be in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, this is, Severance is one of those shows, but I mean, it engulfs you. Like okay. you're like, wait, Why? How? Like, <laughs> so I mean, I love it. I I thought it was brilliant. Have you seen the bear? I okay. So my husband is so into it. Um, I only got through half an episode, but I, but because it, you I didn't have like been, it, or because you had something else you needed to do. I think it, I think the same reason why you couldn't get into Severance, is uh-huh. the same reason why I couldn't get into the bear. Okay, like I would because um I do the same thing with tv shows as well like i like to multitask Uh and i think when i was starting the bear i was like folding laundry or something yeah yeah. (laughs) and like i just like didn't really get into into it so no (laughs) okay it's one of our favorite shows
0: we've watched this year um and i just love it so much um Mm -hmm. faith i'm grateful for you and your ministry and your church and all your kids and all the things you're doing so thanks so much for coming on the happy hour
1: thank you so much for having me this was a blast
0: The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell. And the show is edited by Jason Talley.